This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, uh, I know I do this from time to time, and you don't really even know what's going on, so it's not like it's dramatic for you. But there are times when I get an idea for a podcast, and I go ahead and record it, I get it out there, I take care of business, and then I just scrap it at the last minute. So I, I usually will push that episode back. Maybe there's something that's more time-sensitive or more pertinent to, to what I'm wanting to put out there at the time. But this week was completely different. So as I'm looking at you know what I'm going to record, there were like three different ideas that I was going to talk about. One was kind of time sensitive. Two can have been talked about really at any time, but would probably need to be talked about here within the next couple of weeks or months or something like that. But for the first time ever, I had three ideas and I scrapped all of them. I scrapped all of them at the last minute. It hit me like a ton of bricks just uh, about an hour or two before recording this, what I should talk to y'all about this week. And so obviously the title, aside from it having a little bit of bad English in there, you got to reach out. Uh, You don't really know what that's about. But the thing that just became readily apparent to me is that there are more guys out there that are missing opportunities to really minister to the other dudes in their lives, and they're just not doing it. And for the most part, and what I'm seeing, I don't think it's because they're being selfish with their time and choosing not to help these people out, I honestly, like 100% honestly feel like most guys don't even recognize that there's an opportunity. They don't even see it. And so I'm going to kind of weave this together. And guys, I know with some of the episodes, I have notes and I have kind of an outline. I got nothing. Like I have the word flow in front of my head right now. And so basically I'm just doing this whole thing off the top. So a few weeks ago, or this would probably be a couple of months ago now, um, and I'm not going to really use too many details because some of you guys that listen to this obviously know these people, and I don't want you to you know, know anything that they didn't want you to know, but let's just say there's a guy that I train with. So, so that's broad enough, right? Because I train with ultimately like a hundred different, different guys. So there's a guy that I train with, and it's a guy that I've been around uh, pretty consistently, almost weekly for several years now. And So a couple of months ago, I started to notice that this guy was not doing well. Well, maybe not doing well. Maybe that's a little bit too too heavy-handed. The guy just wasn't normal. He wasn't his normal self. And the first thing I noticed is that he was showing up late to practice and leaving really early to practice. Because, you know, the thing is, is sometimes, you know, guys, you know, got things going on and maybe they're about five minutes later, 10 minutes later, something like that. Or maybe they got to run, they got to go on a date with their wife, or they got to meet up for an appointment somewhere and then they got to leave a little bit early. But he was showing up considerably later than he normally did and leaving considerably earlier than I normally did. And I didn't really think much about it. And then I guess I'll come back to that here in a second. But then one day he did the kind of the same thing. And even when he was there, it was like he just kind of was glazed over a little bit. Like just something in his eye and, you know, he just wasn't really communicating the way that he normally does. And I thought to myself, man, I should probably reach out to him, see what's going on, see if everything's okay. 
I mean, worst case scenario, I talked to the guy and everything's completely squared away. He was just tired, right? I mean, it's not like the guy's going to be like, what are you reaching out to me for, bro? What's up with that? Like, I don't expect that type of reaction. But to be 100% honest with you, it wasn't at the top of my mind and I almost immediately forgot about it until the next week when I saw him. And he showed up late, was in the process of leaving early and I realized, you know, he still kind of had that glazed over look in his eye. So I'm like, all right, I got to reach out to him. And then I forgot again. It just wasn't that pressing. I forgot about it and didn't really remember it until that following week. So the following week comes up again, the exact same carbon copy of the the weeks before, but this time I'm not going to forget. I'm like, all right, this is ridiculous. I don't normally forget things like that. Anyway, I forgot it twice. It's definitely not going to be a third time. So I reach out to this guy. So practice is over. Uh, I don't uh, see him in person because he left early. I just call him and I say, Hey man, is everything okay? Like you've seemed a little off. That's it. That's all I said. There wasn't this long, dramatic, drawn out, oh man, I just, I've noticed some things and I feel like, you know, the Lord was telling me I should talk to you Not and I'm not like downing anybody that does stuff like that. So don't get it twisted. I'm not going full sacrilege mode here, but it wasn't one of those emotive types of things. It wasn't one of those sessions or one of those times, right? It was just like, bro, you seem like you're off. Is everything cool? And lo and behold, it wasn't. Apparently this guy's marriage is hanging on by a thread, maybe not even a thread. You know, his wife is basically threatening to leave him, threatening to, well, I'm just going to go move in with my parents and just all these different things. And, And this guy is a very dutiful guy. He's a very passionate guy. And he's one of those guys that's a fix it guy. He wants to fix it. Like if something's broken, he wants to fix it. Like he doesn't want it to fester. He doesn't want it to grow. He just wants it to be done with. And if he's the guy to take care of it, then he's going to be the guy to square it away. Right. But things weren't going well. And, you know, there, there's some children involved and it's just kind of like, you know, at that point, I'm not a, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a pastor. I'm not any of those things. But at that point it was just refreshing that he was just straight up being honest with me from the very get go. And you never know, this guy could have been at the end of his rope that he just, he didn't really know where to turn. And then I called and then he's like, all right, I'm just going to dump it all on you, which is completely acceptable. That's what you sign up for whenever you're an actual friend with a guy, you know what I mean? But he just kind of talked through his situation and talked through what was going on in the house. I was able to ask some questions that, that I was hoping were going to be helpful. And then I, I immediately went into action mode and started asking him about tangible things that I could do or that my, my family could do to assist him, to assist him in his journey that he was going through at that time. And one of the big things that he told me that has stayed with me uh, this whole time was, man, it's just good to know that there's guys out there that have your back. And what he was referring to was the fact that I even called to begin with the fact that I even reached out in the first place. And I was like, okay, well, I, I wasn't really expecting that from this guy, but Hey, you know, it, it is what it is. And, um, since then the things have that were kind of hindering their marriage have either, you know, subsided or got ironed out or they, or they fixed it or they did something like that. But it was just something that I was like, okay. It's one of those times whenever you feel like you should say something to somebody, it's like you can feel it in your gut or you feel like, you know, God's even whispering in your ear to do something and you just don't do it. You could be missing out on an opportunity like that. So that was one thing that came up. But then the other thing came up literally this afternoon, which is why I'm, you know, doing this podcast like I'm doing it now, not maybe in my normal way. 
There was a guy that I've been working with, and I got to be somewhat careful with his situation because it, it kind of bled over into some things that I do uh, with my profession as well. But um, this guy, they've got a family, they've got a lot of kids. This is another guy that I train with, another guy that I'm around on a regular basis. And I, I contacted he and his spouse uh, about um, the things that we were working on, the things that we had been talking about over, over several months or whatever. And his wife texts me basically to tell me that, oh, we're separated right now. Uh, we're not going to be moving forward with anything and there's no really need to talk anymore. I was like, okay, well, don't really know exactly what to do there. But then not long after the husband calls me and, um, you know, it was a very, very candid conversation, like, you know, conversation where there was maybe a lot of things said that I, I certainly wouldn't repeat on the air here, but it was another thing where this guy was going through it. He was going through the ringer. They've got, they've got a lot of kids. Um, they've got a lot of issues within their relationship. And one of the first things that he told me is, you know what? I'm just not the type of guy that's going to just, you know, unload on somebody, unload all my problems on somebody. And this is after he got through telling me all these crazy things he was dealing with, with his spouse, with himself, with some of the things that had happened within the relationship, you know, with the dynamic that was going on with the kids, the dynamic that was going on with his life and, and things like that. And I just told him something that I, I hoped was going to be helpful to him. And this is something that I want to tell to you guys as well. This is something that I said actually at a recent speaking engagement that I did up in Tulsa. And it just kind of came, came to me. And I just kind of put it out there and I, I, I'm pretty sure this isn't something that I made up. I'm pretty sure I've just kind of, you know, attached a bunch of things to a bunch of other things and then just spit it out there. But basically this is what I said is no one likes the guy that automatically tries to unload his responsibilities on somebody else. Okay. So imagine you're on a construction crew. I think, I think even Jordan Peterson went into this a little bit in the 12, 12 rules for life book, but you know, on a construction crew, or maybe you work out in the field in some capacity. If as soon as you get the task, as soon as you get the team's task, you try to start getting help from somebody else. You start to try and unload some of your responsibility to somebody else. No one really likes that. I mean, guys, guys don't have a lot of patience for that kind of nonsense, right? And so that's what some guys do, but that's not how this guy's wired, but that's what he thinks he's doing. If he reaches out to anybody and asks for help. And so what I kind of told him is I said, you're not that guy. You're not that guy that's just trying to offload your problems onto somebody else. But there are times when you legitimately have too much weight on your shoulders. Like you have too much weighing you down. You got too much going on to where you have to reach out to a brother and say, Hey, I need you to get up under some of this weight and help me carry it. That doesn't mean, Hey, I need you to hitch up to my wagon for the remainder of your life and help me fix every issue. That doesn't mean that, Hey, uh, you know, I, I didn't do everything I needed to do. And so now I need you to come in and take care of my issue. That's not what I'm saying. And that's not what you would be saying. It's just like, look, this is legitimately, literally too much for me right now. I just can't do it. I cannot do it anymore. I need help. And he was like, yeah, I feel like you're right. Now I opened the door for him to, to get some assistance. Um, I, I gave him some resources of some people that I think can directly help his situation. But to say that it's a highly, highly complicated situation would be the understatement of the day for sure. But it was one of those things where th this guy had not had a conversation like this with anybody up to this point. Like nobody. 
And so he's like, you know, staying with some family members right now while he's trying to sort some things out and try to figure out what's going to go on with their marriage and how it's all going to end. And he's just trying his best. As far as I can tell, he's trying his best. But the thing that became readily apparent is nobody had talked to him. Now, part of that's on him because he probably did his normal, you know, Oklahoma tough guy thing. Like, oh, nothing's wrong with me. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to take care of it. You know, that kind of nonsense. But the onus isn't just on him. And I guess that's what I'm kind of backing into the reason why this became so apparent to me that this is something that I I wanted to share with you guys is because sometimes you got to just reach out. Like you got to reach out to somebody when you, you know, you've heard, you've heard people say something like, you know, if you see something, say something, right? Sometimes that's in, in, you know, the context of, of criminal justice or terrorism or things like that. But that's really what we're talking about right here, guys, is there are dudes in your life that are in pain, dudes that are just not doing well, and they need somebody to say something because they're not going to do it. And if you're the guy that needs that, this is my encouragement to you to, to go ahead and reach out to somebody because it goes both ways. But most guys are too prideful to reach out, but sometimes you just have to. You just have to do that. But, but kind of going back to the other side, there's so many hints that things aren't going well in people's lives, right? I mean, the people that you know, really, and when I say people, I'm saying guys, other guys in your life, the guys that you're around the most, whether they're in your Sunday school or on your basketball team, or, you know, you do fantasy football with them or whatever the thing is, guys that you're just around, guys that you see, guys at work, you know, when things are off, people can hide it, but they can't hide it that well. And just think about the last time you noticed that something was off with somebody. Did you reach out to them? Did, did you say, hey, man, I know it might be a little bit weird. We don't know each other that well. Or, hey, man, we're like best friends. But, man, you seem like you're a little bit off. Is everything okay? And just to kind of see where it goes. Because, guys, I've done that before. And it has ended with, no, everything's cool. I've legitimately just been tired. It's like, okay, fine. Other times it's been, no, nah, man, everything's cool. And then a day or two later, the truth comes out. Hey, bro, I didn't really want to say anything earlier because I just wasn't comfortable. But yeah, man, I've, you know, I've been looking at porn and my wife caught me and, you know, things aren't good at the house right now. Or man, like I'm just, I'm struggling with money right now. I feel like we just keep making bad financial decisions and I just don't know how to get out from under it. Or man, I cheated on my wife or man, my wife cheated on me or, you know, whatever the thing might be. They originally wanted to put out this false bravado of, no, I got it all figured out. I'm the dude who's got everything squared away when, I mean, there's nothing else going on. And, and to be honest with you guys, we see this a lot in church as well. There are some churches and ministries that do a really fantastic job of making sure people are as honest as possible. Like, and by that, I mean, they encourage an environment where people can, you know, just be open, be really, really real about things that are going on. However, with the majority of churches and ministries that I've been around, there seems to be this premium on at least pretending like you got things pretty well squared away and figured out. And I don't want to, of course, mention any churches by name, but there's some churches that I've been intimately involved with or, or, or seen over my years, which is not a super long tenure with churches, again, just becoming a Christian when I was in high school. But these churches where there's almost more of an expectation to pretend like everything's okay, as opposed to pretending like there's anything that's going wrong. And I don't like that very much. I think of all the places 
that we should be the most open about our our sin and our decrepit human nature is in the church. But I feel like you can get a lot more real with people outside the church than you can inside the church. I feel like of all the places and this, you get this everywhere. Hey man, how's it going? Oh man, I'm doing great. How are you? When like their world's literally falling apart, their marriage is like literally one step away from ending like that type of stuff. And here's the reason why I'm kind of picking on the church a little bit is if you don't have an environment that allows for that type of real talk, that type of reality where you're seeing people where they're at, you're missing out on so many opportunities to minister. Because there are marriages that could have been saved that weren't saved because, you know, the couple just acted like everything was okay. You know, they got in their minivan, they brought their kids to church, everything was fine, and then the next week they weren't there. And the next thing they weren't there. And the next week they weren't there. And then someone finds out, oh, they've deleted all their joint pictures on Facebook. I wonder what's going on. Oh, she's changed her last name back to her maiden name. Oh, it looks like their marriage is over. Well, at that point, you've had no opportunity to try to come in and minister to them to help them save their marriage. And that's just kind of a specific example, but there's tons of different examples. I mean, how many guys are doing things that are detrimental to themselves, to, to their health or to their minds or, or to their spirit, like any of those types of things, but you would never know it because their button down shirt is always, you know, neatly pressed when you see them at church, their shirts fully tucked in. They look like they've showered recently. Everything's good to go, right? And and guys, I have to be honest about myself too. I try to be as real as possible, but I fall into this category as well. I mean, when things aren't going well, sometimes I try to hide it. I try to not really talk about it. Like, you know what? I haven't had a whole lot of time to figure this situation out myself, so I'm not going to burden someone else with it until I get it figured out. And but But it's not the right mindset to have as a Christian male. Because again, when we go to the caricature of manhood, the caricature being like the four-wheel drive, chasing women, like, uh, I don't need any help, pull up, pull up by your bootstraps thing. There's elements of that, especially like the pulling yourself up by your bootstraps that I, I definitely am an advocate of. But there's a lot of that that we take in and we take it into the church and then we just basically build a barrier around ourselves and won't let anybody in so that they can assist us. And that's the thing is... There should be opportunities for us to to really help people with really, really big problems. And that's kind of the whole crux of what we're talking about today in, in terms of what you got to do in terms of you got to reach out. Most guys have a deficiency of community in their lives. They're communally deficient, as in they don't have a community of guys. They don't have a group of guys that would even notice, that is even around them enough to notice that things aren't going well. Maybe you don't live in, in the same town as your family, right? You know, I don't have a whole lot of family around me. I mean, most of my family is not close to where I live. So you don't have family members that you're seeing regularly that can be like, hey, man, Kyle, is, is everything okay? Are, are things going all right? But that's, that's kind of the overarching point here is if you're not in community with a bunch of other guys, you're missing out on opportunities to help them and you're missing out on having opportunities for them to help you. And that's what I want to encourage everybody listening to this podcast. And if you're a lady, thank you so much for listening in on this podcast. I, I hope you have men in your life that you can share this with. But to the guys that are listening, even the young, the young men, which I'm, I'm especially grateful that y'all are listening to what we're doing here. You have to build real male community. It's got to be purposeful. 
I mean, just here recently, I was teaching in my Sunday school and, you know, my wife and I were the youngest couple in the Sunday school. We're the only couple that comes consistently that doesn't have kids and kind of that whole nature. And there's a a bunch of different uh, couples in there. I think there's literally like two dozen couples or something like that. A lot of couples in this Sunday school. And a lot of the guys in this group have talked a lot about how they want more community, that they, they lack real robust male friendships and that they... They, they're missing out on what they used to get from their fraternity in college or from their high school basketball team or from the time when they were in the military or from that job when they were working with like five or six of their best friends and they got to see them all the time and go to lunch and, and do that kind of thing. But what's interesting about that, and this isn't just the dudes in my Sunday school, this is dudes just in general. There are always opportunities to cultivate those male bonds and relationships, but most dudes are too lazy to even seek them out. Like, really? I mean, I just got through speaking at a group last Thursday in Tulsa, like I told you, called Band of Brothers. And these guys get together, I think it's every Thursday night for 12 weeks. I'm pretty sure it's 12 weeks. And they have platoons and they have all these different things that they they kind of break out and do discussion. And they've got materials that they got to go through during the week. But they know that Thursday is coming. Like, it's on the calendar. They're supposed to be there. And if they're not there, someone's going to be calling or texting them, asking them, hey, bro, where you at? Or where were you last Thursday type of a thing? And it's, it's this real community that these guys are building. And, and they've been doing this for years and have had a ton of success with stuff like this. But, but the thing that I find really interesting about that is most of the time, again, this ministry is, is built kind of off the Band of Brothers book and, and the miniseries that was done on HBO and all these different things. But the reason why guys like talking in a circle or, or when guys like talking in a circle is after they've accomplished something, after they've done something incredible. So the Band of Brothers guys, obviously, they're, they're literally writing the pages of history, whether they knew it or not, you know, fighting in World War II. But then after battle, that's when they would get together and circle up and talk about the day. Talk about nothing. Talk about chicks. Talk about, you know, their gun jamming. Talking about food, cigarettes, what, whatever the thing was that they wanted to talk about. But it was so open because those guys were shoulder to shoulder accomplishing something. Because that's the thing is there's a lot of men's ministries out there and I'm going to call them out. Their number one goal is to get guys into small groups, which sounds like a good goal. It sounds like an admirable goal, but it's not on its face. And it's not by itself. Because guys don't do well in circles when they haven't accomplished something outside of that circle. When they haven't done something shoulder to shoulder already. So that's why if you've ever been in a men's ministry and they maybe put you in a small group or maybe just like a regular church to Sunday school and they immediately put you in a small group, it just felt funny. Have you noticed that? Maybe if you haven't noticed that, maybe ask around, ask some guys, hey, is this weird? Is this a little bit weird whenever they put us in a small group? Did that feel natural? And just see what they say. Because a lot of guys have told me that's exactly how they felt. It's like, man, there's something about didn't feel right. Well, I can tell you, it's because we're shoulder-to-shoulder animals. That's who we are. Like, and I don't mean animal in the, in the, you know, the sense that we evolved from all these animals, blah, 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 or any of that nonsense. I'm just saying, like, that's what's in us. That's what's in our psyche, is to do things shoulder-to-shoulder, whereas women tend to do the circle up and face each other thing much more easily. It's much more natural for them. It's almost as if they were wired that way. But for men... We do something shoulder to shoulder. We accomplish something, whether it's fixing a transmission in a car or painting a house or framing a house or just anything, 
playing flag football, going to war, like doing, like standing beside each other and praying in, in the hospital room of one of the brother's wives who's sitting there in the bed. That was a story I heard last week. But the thing that I encourage these guys is they were, they were kind of having some guys that weren't, weren't really committed to the platoons, right? They were kind of there one week and not there another week and kind of him and a hon and all this nonsense that I hate, that I can't stand. But I said, part of the thing is, is you guys have to earn the right to be in that platoon. Because I think a lot of people were just taking it for granted. And, oh, this is just the, the group of guys I was assigned to, so I guess I'll show up every Thursday or whenever it's convenient and we'll, we'll just see what we can make happen. But they need to earn it. And, and that's what I'm going to encourage you guys to do as well. You need to seek out male community. You need to earn the right to be able to sit in a circle and look people in the eye and tell them what's going on with you and ask them questions about what's going on with them and suggesting things that they should change and suggesting things that they should fix in their relationships and demanding more of them and asking them to be better husbands and better fathers and better friends and better businessmen and better community members, all of those things. But you got to accomplish something with them first. And that's what I was trying to get get through to some of my Sunday school guys that, you know, they, they want to do these events, whether it's, you know, I'm just making stuff up, but maybe it's like a laser tag day or like a golf day or a picnic day. I, I don't know. Like I'm just making crap up. Right. But we want to do these things that are just a few times a year. And then if those things don't get pulled off or those things don't happen, then we'll, I guess we just don't have community. No, it has to be consistent. And so I kind of had a gut check for my Sunday school last Sunday. It was my last lesson that I was teaching in a five week lesson series. And I was just like, look, a lot of you guys have said you want a community. I'm about to give you an opportunity to have some community. Every Sunday night for the last 10 years, there's a guy in our class named Russ. He's done this thing that we just basically call Fight Club because there was no better way to describe it. Where we come together, it's a group of guys. Sometimes it's five guys, sometimes it's 20 guys. But we have a book that we're going over at that time that we're reading through and we're sharing with the other guys in the room. Like, you know, what we thought about the reading section for that week, we're discussing it for, you know, 25, 30, 45 minutes, depending on the book. Then we do some sort of exercise, like some sort of a circuit or some sort of like good 15, 20 minute cardio workout. And then we train jujitsu. The majority of the people in the room have no mat time. These are not guys that were high school or collegiate wrestlers. These are not dudes that compete in jujitsu. These are just guys that want to come and move their bodies, right? But the great thing about it, and the only reason why I noticed that my buddy was having problems is because when you show up on time, we sit and chat and we talk with each other. And we, we, you know, we kind of bust each other's balls and just kind of have a good time. And then we talk about the book and then we work out and then we do jujitsu. But then after we're done, when we're wiping the sweat away or changing or something like that, there's more discussion in, happening then. And when my buddy started showing up late and leaving early, it occurred to me, he's avoiding the conversation. That's when I noticed it. That's when I knew it was off, but only because I was in community with him. And so allow this to be my encouragement to all the listeners here to find real community. And if you can't find it, you start it because I guarantee you there are dudes in your community that are looking for it and they just need somebody like you to step up. You don't have to be some sort of a wizard. You don't have to be some savant when it comes to putting on an event. You don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to be the main leader guy or have an outgoing personality or, or be a business person. You don't need any of those skill sets. If you have them, it'd probably help. But at some point, it just takes one guy raising his hand and saying, we're doing this. Anybody with me? And at a certain point, you're going to have to recruit some dudes, some dudes that you know need it, 
whose wives are nagging them or they're just lazy beta males, whatever the thing might be. And you got to make sure they get out of the house and that they do consistent community in that group weekly, like weekly at the least, right? You don't have real community when you're seeing some guys two or three times a year. That's not real community. That's what I, every time someone asks me for input on men's ministry for their churches, they all do the exact same things. They do one or two men's events per year, or maybe they do one little study for five or six weeks at a time, and then they just move on. It's like, that's not how you program the dudes. I mean, they'll come, they'll hang out, they might bring guys, but that's not community. Those are events. Like you don't go to the movie theater and think to yourself, ah, I'm a part of the, you know, the uh, film community here in my city. No, you're just going to the movies. Even if you see some of the same people, you're not in community with those people. They're not beholden to you. You're not beholden to them. And so try to create those opportunities. Because, and again, I'm not saying this like I'm some sort of a hero, but I was the only person that reached out to this guy out of all the people in that room. But I guarantee you there would have been other dudes in that room had it gone a little longer that they would have noticed as well. I just happened to be the first one that did. So good on me. Good on him for accepting it when I called him. And the other guy that called me to talk about something completely unrelated to his marriage, it went right to that because I happened to know things were on the rocks because his wife told me. But there was enough relational equity there that we could have a deep discussion about his marriage. Why? Because we're in community with one another. We've trained jujitsu together. We've bled on the same mat. We've sweat on the same mat. We've gotten the best of each other in different situations. I knew what he was about. I knew what he was like. I knew how he was wired because we were in community with one another. This is so freaking important. So don't be one of those betas walking around, looking at your shoe tops going, oh man, I I wish I, I just wish I had friends like I did in high school. Gosh, darn it. I wish I had them. Or man, you know, things were a whole lot more fun in college when I had, when I lived at the fraternity house or when I was on the basketball team or whenever I was playing tennis with my friends every couple of days. You can go out and create those opportunities yourself. No, you can't go back to your glory years in high school or college. Sorry. Can't go back to the military. Can't go back to boot camp, police academy, whatever your situation might be. But you can create community right where you're at. Exactly where you're at. Even if it's just three or four guys getting together on a consistent basis, challenging each other to be better, to to cultivate spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. That's what we're here for, guys. At at Undaunted Life, we're going to continue to put stuff out there that's going to help you do those things. But don't do them solo. Reach out, create a group of guys, have your band of brothers. Do whatever you need to do. Call it whatever you want, but make sure you're in community. And sometimes you just got to reach out. All right, guys, I know around this time, it's about whenever we start talking about the quick resilience boost, because uh, as you guys know by now, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. And we do that by providing content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. And normally we pick a category, give you some different uh, different things that you can look at or you know videos or YouTube things or, or whatever articles or whatever, but we're not going to do a quick resilience boost today. I literally just want y'all to spend the time you would have spent doing the quick resilience boost stuff. So whether either listening to it or going and looking at those resources, I want you to spend some time thinking about the guys that are in your life and kind of do a little bit of a survey of what they've been acting like lately. If you feel like things are okay, does your gut tell you that something might be going on in their household, something that you might be able to help with? Just kind of run through that in your head. 
And after you're done with that, you know, if you've identified some guys that you think you might need to reach out to, obviously, duh, that's the name of the episode, reach out. Sometimes you just got to reach out. But in addition to that, just think of some guys and brainstorm some guys that you can get into community with. You know, some of you, and I would say most of you out here are not in regular Christian male community. And again, if no one else around you is doing it, be the alpha, step up and do it. So I want to kind of leave a little bit here on the end just to make sure that y'all have some ideas uh, or have some times where you can come up with some ideas of some guys you should reach out to. Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you would, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play and refer your friends to listen. If you share this on social media, use the hashtag UndauntedLife. We'll be sure to find the post and give it a thumbs up. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please leave us one. And when you leave a five-star review, leave us two or three sentences to let us know what you like about the content so we can keep putting it out for you. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019. So if you'd like me to come speak to your church, to your Sunday school, to your men's event, just hit me up at info at undaunted.life. Again, that's info at undaunted.life. Our website is www.undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife or on facebook.com backslash undauntedlife. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music library for our content. The intro-outro track on this podcast is our song, King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links to all of this are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness, keep seeking the Lion of Judah. Judah.